Hi, everyone, and welcome to Future of Health with Providence St. Joseph Health. I'm your host, Julie Alexandria, bringing you the latest in healthcare trends and news each week here on Dash Radio. And today we're joined by Marika Rausa, Hannah Binder, and Dr. Marion Hodges from Providence St. Joseph Health. And the topic that we're discussing today is optimal aging. And I know that might sound like an oxymoron, but we're going to dive in. Optimal aging is what we're talking about today. And we're also going to be joined by guest Rose Gallinotto, an Optimal Aging Services client. So if you have any questions for our experts or our special guest, please feel free to submit them via our Twitter handle or our Facebook page while we're live here today. We can be found on Twitter at PSJH and also on Facebook under Providence St. Joseph Health. And don't forget to use the hashtag Future of Health. That's hashtag future of health, and we will be on the lookout for those throughout the show. We want to hear from you guys. So let's get it started, first of all, by welcoming to the Dash Radio Studio here in Hollywood, Hannah Binder. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, you are an optimal aging advisor. First of all, what does that mean? It means so much. Um, So what I do is when someone has questions, whether they are a senior looking for services themselves Uh, an adult child who's just starting to explore what supports are out there for their loved one, they give me a call and I'm there to have a conversation with them. I'm there to provide not only information about the options out there for folks who are in need of support, but also just a listening ear and a little bit of guidance about the world of senior care, which can be kind of overwhelming for folks who haven't explored it before. Most definitely. And how does that factor in with PSJH and the work that you do there? So my background is um, I'm a geriatric social worker. And so I see my role as part of the Providence St. Joseph Health family as someone who can bring sort of wraparound services to older adults and their families. Providence offers really wonderful medical care to those who are in need of it. But there sometimes is a gap for things that are non-medical in nature. And so we are there to offer things to fill that gap. Supports that may not involve doctors, nurses, therapists, but could be just as important at helping someone remain safe and healthy and comfortable in their own home. How important is it to match the client's needs with the correct caregiver who knows exactly what they need? I can't overstate the importance. Um, If you think about it, you know, when you have someone like a caregiver or a driver working with you, they may be working with you in your own home. They may be helping you with very intimate tasks, whether it's helping someone get into and out of a car, uh, shower safely, eat a meal. Those are um, instances where you need to feel comfortable with the person that you're working with. And so there's definitely the aspect of making sure that these folks are experienced and competent and trustworthy, but there's that intangible side where you need to feel comfortable with the person you're working with. So finding the right match personality-wise is of the utmost importance, and that's what we're here to help with. And the other side of that is, of course, the family members, the people who are there to help. And I know that there could be a lot of emotions involved in that as well. And it's tough to see anyone you love age especially a parent, what role does family play when it comes to caring for an elderly person and someone who is in need of help? I think that family can play an incredibly important role, both in 
providing support already for someone as they grow older. Um, and also in being sometimes that instigator, that motivator to find services if more support is needed than what the family can provide already. That's not to say that everyone that we work with is, you know, an adult child who's just directing care for their loved one. Um, in a lot of cases, we work with very independent older adults who are making their own decisions and may bring family members in as needed. But they're the ones making the ultimate decision about what their vision of aging is going to look like. In other cases, you know, there is an adult son or daughter, maybe a neighbor. You know, we've, we've had a number of different um, supportive roles that call up optimal aging to ask how we can help them. Um, in my view, it's always important to keep the needs of the older adult themselves as the priority. Mm-hmm. And is that the most important thing you would say that family members need to keep in mind when working or aiding an aging family member? And I would also say, you know, sometimes um, an adult child's vision of what they want their parent to be and to have doesn't match what that older adult imagines for themselves. So part of the conversation we might have is how do you bridge that gap? How do you create that compromise so that you know, again, the older adult is safe, comfortable, and living their best lives mm-hmm. um, in the way that they imagine for themselves and also in a way that their adult child feels they're being well cared for. And I bet one of the toughest decisions is finding that correct match for a caregiver and elderly person. So would you say that you guys kind of take the guesswork out of that? I think we strike the perfect balance. Um, What we do is we do all of the vetting that you want, the screening that you want to know has been done to make sure that the folks that are potentially going to be working with you or with your your loved one are trustworthy, that they have the training necessary, that, you know, they're not just someone you found in a Craigslist ad. Craigslist is great for a lot of things. (laughs) Right. Maybe not for finding someone to work with a potentially vulnerable adult. Yeah. Uh, so we we take all of that guesswork out. We do the, the background checks. We you know we do interviews and reference checks. All of the things that you would want, the things that you would expect from a partner of Providence. Um, so these caregivers that we work with are, you know, they have the correct experience, but they also are doing this work for the right reasons. At that point, though, there is that extra sort of intangible where I can do all the work possible to make sure someone is experienced and trustworthy, but I can't tell you as a senior who's going to be the best fit for you. And what I love about our program is at that point, you have the opportunity to then interview a few different applicants to see who seems like the best fit for you. You may say, you know... Rhonda was very warm and seemed very competent, but then I talked with Shirley and she just has the best sense of humor and we bonded over our shared love of gardening. Uh-huh. We're never going to be able to pick that out as well as the senior or their adult child will. Mm-hmm. And I love that we have both this uh, screening process to make sure that these folks are trustworthy and experienced, as I said, but that ultimately the best match is made with the input of the senior and their family. What's a commonality that you find that a lot of seniors look for or request or want in a caregiver? Um, I definitely think that 
the work we do vetting the caregivers is really reassuring to everyone that, that I talk to. Mm-hmm. People don't even know kind of where to start to find those trusted resources. Um, and knowing that that work has been done for them opens the conversation a lot more so they can kind of relax, take a deep breath and say, okay, I can look for what I, what I want in a person. Beyond that, it's really based on the individual. Are there any specific patient experiences or stories that you can share that really prove just how valuable this service is to people and their families? So many stories, but um, I do have one in mind that always makes me so happy. And I actually was speaking to this person just the other day. We got a call from a couple, an older couple. Um, The wife had been somewhat resistant to any sort of assistance in the home. Um, Their adult children had been saying for a couple of years that they needed some help. Her husband has dementia. She's his primary caregiver. He's a former executive who is very used to being competent and intelligent, and it's been a hard process for him to get used to having maybe some more limitations or changes cognitively. And she was doing the best she could to manage their home, take care of their beloved dogs, mm-hmm. um, and sort of coordinate her own life as well. But as often happens, she was letting some of her own uh, concerns go by the wayside. So she'd actually been losing a significant amount of weight, Uh, something she'd always struggled with, but being the primary caregiver, she was placing all of her husband's concerns at the top of her list and wasn't really taking care of herself. So they called us up. She and I talked. Uh, I got an idea of what her priorities were. You know, someone must love dogs, specifically (laughs) standard poodles. Uh, They needed to be experienced with caring for dementia because they would obviously be helping her husband. But she mentioned this weight loss kind of incidentally in our conversation. And I thought, okay, that to me is a priority. That's one of my priorities. You're not saying it's a priority, but for me it is. So we ended up uh, setting her up with a caregiver who is a former pastry chef. She is a delightful woman. She loves dogs, takes them for walks every day that she's there. She's competent and enjoys working with folks with dementia. So, you know, she's able to manage uh, our client's husband. But the most heartwarming thing to me is that after she'd been there for two weeks, our client had stopped losing weight and had actually started to gain some weight because she's creating these delicious meals from scratch. She's able to talk with the client about what she enjoys eating and can really work with them to make sure that she's getting the nutrition she needs. That's fantastic. I want her to come and work and cook for me. (laughs) That sounds really nice. What is uh, something that family members need to keep in mind when making those best decisions um, for for their family members who are aging? I think it's, um, it's an extended conversation. So things change over time. This is a complex relationship and, and concept, the idea of having these supports in the home. And so it's not something where you can make a decision one day and you're set for the rest of your life. It's an ongoing conversation as things change. And it's important as much as possible as an adult child, I would say, to involve your parent or your loved one in the conversation. Even if they're not able to make decisions for themselves, depending on the situation, 
it's so vital that they feel involved and like they have some agency in the process. Mm -hmm. And so even in cases where a client might have dementia, let's say, I always encourage the children to involve them in the interviewing process as much as possible because then they feel like they have ownership and they are being given control over their own lives, which is so important. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Hannah, for joining us. We appreciate you and you're doing great work. So thank you so much. We are going to take a quick break, but we'll be back. You're listening to Dash Radio. It's Future of Health. Laying in my bed, my head aches. Thinking too much, what people gonna say. They all got a price, price I gotta pay. They all got a game, but I don't want to play. When I got all these emotions falling like oceans, trying to bring me down. Listening to Dash Radio. Welcome back to Future of Health. We're continuing the conversation about optimal aging. And joining us now is Dr. Marion Hodges. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Julie. Now, if you could just tell us a little bit about your background and your role at PSJH. Sure. So I am what they call a geriatrician. So that means that I'm an internal medicine physician who 
had years of extra training in taking care of older adults, uh, mostly over 80. That's really where geriatric medicine focuses these days. So I am the medical director at PSJH of our senior health program in the state of Oregon, our Oregon region, and I've had this role for four years. Uh, So part of that role is administrative and guiding the strategy for our different clinical services and education for older adults. Age 65 and over is really what we've targeted for the senior health program. But in my clinical practice, which is more of a geriatrics program practice, um, I also still see part-time patients who are mostly over 80 and come to me for their uh, ongoing care. It's so interesting that it starts at 80 and goes on from there. I mean, would you have said that 30 years ago? No, because when I first um, started training in this field, which is almost 30 years ago, we were very much saying, oh, yes, geriatrics is all about 65 and up. Mm -hmm. And um, my practice, uh, when I began uh, in earnest, the average age was probably about well, it was probably about 80, and now the average age of my patients is really closer to 85, and I have way more 90-year-olds than I used to have. So I've just seen the whole population grow over this last generation um, in age and live longer. Wow. What is the expected lifespan of the average American male and female, just so people can kind of get a picture of that? Yeah, well, good question. I think the last time I looked at that, the average age for women in America is to live to about um, 84. And uh, and for men, it's younger, and I want to say 78 to 80, but I, I you know, I'm, I'm not totally confident in that number, but I know I'm close. <laughs> and in your own words, what does optimal aging mean to you? So when you say that, you're referring to our specific program or just the concept of optimal aging? I, I, I realize there really there are two things there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe both. Okay. Well, so, you know, when I think about optimal aging as a concept, it's just um, aging as you wish with the quality of life that you hope for as an older adult. Uh, our optimal aging program, uh, which... I know we're focusing on today is really a service that uh, helps older adults be able to accomplish that, but through specific uh, services and people who allow them to accomplish, uh, ideally, that quality of life that they want to live day to day. And quality of life for most Americans over the age of 80, because I think this service probably hits mostly 80 and above. I'm sure there's some some people in the 65 to 80 age group too. But mostly quality of life for the older American is about independence. Mm -hmm. It's not so much how long they live. You know, I hear this all the time in my practice. It's not living extra days or months, but it's being able to live as independently as I can, uh, as long as I can, with also... Um, lack of distressing symptoms, you know, as pain-free as I can be or with as good breathing as I can possibly have. So I see our optimal aging program and really trying to accomplish uh, that goal of independence to help them with that independence. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that's something that anyone would want. 
Is optimal aging the same as aging in place? Not necessarily. I mean, there's definitely a big overlap because for many of our older adults, independence means staying in my home of 50 years, right? They, mm-hmm. they want to age where they um, have lived and known. But I think that also our optimal aging service helps our patients and families to recognize when aging in place is no longer tenable. Um, that that now is the time perhaps to think about a different location to get the support and the supervision that you need. And with the social work uh, experience as part of the optimal aging staff, uh, they can help them with that transition. And what kind of assessment would you say needs to take place before someone can be in the emo- in the optimal aging program? Yeah, good question. Well, I would say that um, as someone who sees a lot of persons, a lot of patients who are no longer fully independent, who require either their children or a caregiver at some level for assistance, um, I am constantly trying to think about how to help them get the help they need. And often where I have thought about optimal aging is when I'm having a conversation with a daughter who was flown in from out of town to come to an appointment and she says, you know, I'm worried about mom. I really don't think she should be driving as much. She can't manage her meals like she used to and and I just can't be here all the time. Dr. Hodges, what do we do? And we didn't used to have optimal aging as a resource that I could send them to. But now when I tell these daughters and sons about how we have the service that can help to transport your mother by car to her appointments or the grocery store or to uh, be with her in her home and help make meals or play bingo or cards with her, I mean, they they just light up because this is a stress and a worry that they haven't figured out how to manage. So for me, it's it's maybe not so much a clinical assessment in terms of, you know, do they qualify, but rather are their problems and their needs the kinds of problems and needs that optimal aging might be able to help them with. Does that does that help? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there it's got to be a tough conversation to have. And the fact that you are easing that is absolutely incredible and making it easier not only for the next of kin or another family member, but also for the senior themselves. Yeah, let me let me give you a great example. This actually came up a couple of weeks ago and, and was, I think, my most recent referral to optimal aging. So I have a 102-year-old um, lovely woman who is still living independently. Wow in her house of I don't know how many years. And she, every day, six days out of seven, has a caregiver come in and spend two hours with her. But presently, um, because of various reasons, that that's the, the limit of her care. However, what she said to me a few weeks ago was, you know, she kind of gets bored during the day, and she would love it if she had somebody who could drive her around and take her out to lunch and whatnot. And and they just hadn't figured out the family how to make that happen. And the son and daughter do not live close to her. So I thought about optimal aging and how uh, they could probably with their resources and because optimal aging, um, I know, is 
financially very, very reasonable that they could call this service and potentially find somebody who could drive this lovely 102-year-old out for lunch or take her to the mall or whatever. Um, and, and that's the kind of thing that not only makes the family feel better, but the patient feel better. Oh, absolutely. And how does palliative care play into what you do? How would you compare it? Yeah, good question. Well, there's a huge overlap between geriatric medicine and, and palliative care or palliative medicine. Both of those disciplines are focused on maximizing quality of life in a holistic way. And by holistic, I mean really thinking of the patient not just for their physical needs, but for their emotional and spiritual and, and social needs as well. And and so when you um, are thinking of someone in a palliative way, in a palliative care way, you're really trying to say, how can I minimize their symptoms? How can I improve their social connections? How can I reduce their emotional distress? How can I make sure that they still find that their life has meaning? Because spiritual doesn't have to mean religion. It can just be, um, why was I here? What's my legacy? Will anybody remember me? Um, It's those questions, too. And so geriatric medicine is all about doing those same things, but for the 80-year-old and above who is always facing, normally, I should say, um, not only medical issues, but social issues and meaning issues and um, and and uh, psychological issues, you know, grief, profound grief in this age group, grief over everything from losing people they love to losing independence. So, so that discipline of palliative care, which can start with a a baby and go all the way to end of life, um, that discipline is focused on the entire age span of a human being. Anybody could have palliative care, but in geriatrics. Um, it's really for the 80 and above who almost always has palliative needs that we should be attending to. Absolutely. And I had read something that said that optimal aging kind of was broken down, and, and to echo what you were just saying, into spiritual, intellectual, social, purposeful, emotional, and physical. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like that 102-year-old patient of yours who just wants to go to the mall, something simple like that can mean so much because she's in a social environment. She feels that she has a purpose waking up that morning and something to look forward to as well. Yeah, and otherwise she's isolated because she doesn't drive anymore. She, I mean, you look at her, she's very frail, mm-hmm. um, and she even, you know, she requires a walker to walk around. Uh, she's not stable without it. And so the task of getting her to that mall is a, is a big deal, and she can't manage that on her own. And so to have optimal aging help her with that would definitely change her emotional approach to the day as well as going, wow, I'm, I'm going to have a social interaction today. I'm not going to be alone in this big house all by myself for 24 hours mm-hmm. until the next you know, caregiver comes by tomorrow morning. <laughs> of course. And as you mentioned before, aging in place is so important and optimal if if can be achieved. But how does someone know when it's time to consider another option, like a, re- a retirement home or to ask for help? What is a red flag that a family member can look out for when a senior may have moved beyond um, being able to age in place? 
Well, there are various red flags. Um, I think that often the senior will be the last person to admit that they are having a hard time staying where they are, and it's often the family member who will first recognize it. And it's usually when we see uh, changes in their ability to function on their own safely. Uh, one one way would be if, if they really can't uh, manage their checkbook, manage their ability to take their medicines correctly, um, be able to cook safely without burning food on the stove. I mean, they're, they're, they're red flags like that which suggest, wow, you know, mom may need more supervision than she realizes to make sure that there isn't a house fire, that, that her medicines are, are correctly taken and aren't going to cause her um, or bad effects either from not taking them right or taking too many or, or not taking them at all. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, there, there are certain red flags like that. Of course, the driving thing is, is another possibility. If, if you're having trouble driving by yourself, you may need to move, but you may not be if you can get people to, to, to ferry you around as long as within the home you can still be safe. But once within the home you're having trouble being safe, you're at a greater fall risk, uh, the medicines, as I mentioned, that's that's when I'm sure families begin to worry about somebody not being there. Sure. And what kinds of patients and families do you refer to optimal aging? A whole gamut. Um, and, and Hannah probably can, can even chime in with what I'm going to forget here. But certainly I've referred a lot of um, families where the children do not live in town and request that they have somebody who can either help with um, transportation or help with just uh, camaraderie, someone to be there with their parent. Uh, I've also had optimal aging come in and help with meals and or other chores around the house. Uh, and then there's been uh, some help, I think, with once getting um, a carpenter in to help with some handiwork in the house. So a lot of referrals uh, that really emanate from the family members, even more so than the patient seeing the needs that they have. I do have one 95-year-old who um, very much wanted to stay in her condo, and it's been a little bit of a struggle. And and so there are times when I will speak to that 95-year-old or the 102-year-old about how optimal aging can directly help them. But but I would say the majority of the time it's seen that the, the daughters and sons and the uh, friends have needs that that the patient may not even have recognized. Wow. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your experience and also the personal stories as well as it pertains to optimal aging. Dr. Marion Hodges, we appreciate your time. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will continue the conversation here on Future of Health. You're listening to Dash Radio. Back the love that I gave you It's to the point why I love and I hate you 
and I cannot change you, so I must replace you. Oh, easier said than done. I thought you were the one listening to my heart instead of my head. You found another one, but I am the better one. I won't let you forget me. I still see your shadows in my room. Can't take back the love that I gave you. It's to the point why I love and I hate you, and I cannot change you, so I must replace you. Oh, easier said than done. I thought you were the one listening to my heart instead of my head. You found another one, but I am the better one. I won't let you forget me. You left me falling and landing inside my grave. Welcome back to Future of Health here on Dash Radio. We're being joined now by our special guest, Rose Gallinotto. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Now, you use some of the services of Optimal Aging, specifically the transportation service. So can you tell us about your involvement and what they do for you and how that all works? Well, I, I think it's two years now that uh, uh, one of my um, therapists that w- was coming to the house suggested that I use Optimal Mayo. And... Um, so we did. We start. We applied, and Hannah took all the information, and it's two years or more. And uh, they helped me get in the uh, the van. They have a lift, and uh, get me on the lift. It raises me up and gets me in the van. Very comfortable. Yeah. Except when we go on bumps, but they can't help that. <laughs> No, I'm sure the drivers can't help that. So you found out about the Optimal Aging Program through PSJH um, through a friend, correct? And then they said that you should go ahead and call. And what was the experience like once you made that phone call and you got to experience the transportation um, services that they offered? How did it change your life? It was a therapist that came to the house and we told her how much um, uh, trouble we were having on getting um, a van or something. So she suggested I call, and Hannah, she called, and Hannah answered, and they spoke, and uh, Hannah took down all the information that they needed for me to apply for that. Mm -hmm. And what was the process to find the right caregiver was it simple? Was it easy to follow once you had spoken with Hannah yeah. and you gave her your information? Right. Very easy. I'd make a call, and whatever information they need, I gave it to them, and they, the van was here at my door knocking. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know you are a woman who must like her independence. A little bit about your background. You said you were born in Tampa, Florida. You were telling me before we started recording here. Mm-hmm. And you grew up in New York City, so you got to be an independent woman to make it in New York. And you were a yeah. hairdresser for 20 years at a hotel yeah. in New York City, right? Park Hotel on 77th and Madison. Now it's uh, apartments. But at that time... Well, I graduated school, but I couldn't go for my license because I was still too young. I was 16 and a half. Everybody else was graduating at 18 years old, so they got their license. They could go for their license. 
Well, you strike me as a woman who knows what she wants, who knows how to get it. You're very independent. What yeah. do you like most about the services provided through the Optimal Aging Services? Uh, I like that uh, they're on time. Although we had a little mishap, hey, that happens. And uh, they come on time. They bring me home. No problems. They pick me up where I'm at. Very good. Where do they take you? Where do you go? Hospital, um, doctor appointments. Mm -hmm. And I go to my daughter's house. She's always having parties. And I go to my daughter's house. I go, I've, uh, go to my granddaughter house. She had a baby, uh, 17 months ago and they bought a new house and we go there. The only thing we had to do was buy, um, ramps so I could get into the house. I see. And, uh, um, I, my, I have a grandson. He bought a big house. Beautiful, and we went there. They dropped us off there. And uh, where was I going? Oh, uh, we've gone to plays, uh, concerts. Saturday, we went to the Sicilian Festival. It was so nice, so nice. That's fantastic. And um, we don't go to movies because Tony's hard of hearing, and uh, it's not good for him. So we have Netflix and uh, everything, you know, and we need the titles for him. And I'm getting used to the titles also. <laughs> and, um, but uh, where else do they bring us? You know, that's, that's about it. That's actually a great tip, by the way, for anyone who is a Game of Thrones fan. I'm just going to throw it out there. I tell everybody to watch Game of Thrones with the subtitles. Because you get so much more because there's so many characters and so many names that Mm -hmm. it really is the only way to retain and to remember what happened last week on Game of Thrones. So you're ahead of the curve there. What would you tell other people who might be looking for alternatives so that they can stay home longer? Would you recommend optimal aging? How would you recommend it to a friend? Oh Yes, I do. But the thing is, I'm not... um I'm the only person in a wheelchair in this complex where I live. So I really don't have anybody uh, to talk to, you know, about it. Otherwise, I would. Well, Rose, we have Hannah. She's in studio with me here, and um, she's been listening to your story. And I know she was there at the beginning when you signed up with Optimal Aging and decided to use their transportation services. So I want to ask you, Hannah, is this sort of a common story? Is this something that you see and hear sort of on a daily basis? I mean, I think, Rose, you're definitely one of a kind. And I always enjoy the opportunity to talk with you Um so building that connection over the phone I, as an advisor I, is wonderful. I would like to mention Karina, Vanessa. Everybody is just wonderful and very, very helpful. Well, thank you so much. I, it really oh, means a lot I, to hear that from you. And yeah, I, I would say I think... Another girl, I can't remember her name right now. Uh, I think you're referring to Carol. But yeah, there's a, a small team of us. And Rose, I would say what I think is... Um, pretty typical or common about your experience is that 
We really try to make this program as flexible and responsive to a person's individual needs as possible. And so with Rose, for example, you call us when you have a need for transportation. We make the arrangements then and there, and it's as easy as possible. Whether someone needs a ride or a meal cooked for them or their house cleaned or help getting into and out of the bathtub so that they're not falling, we are there to provide the amount of service and the type of service they need at the level that they need it. We're I not know that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just for uh, uh, rides. Uh, we offer a, a full menu of services, and I know, um, you know, for a lot of our folks, they only really need us to provide one type of support. But for some mm-hmm. people, we really do provide kind of wraparound services, and it's really. Oh, oh sorry. It's really just dependent on what, uh, what the individual needs. Mm-hmm. Rose, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. And I'm so happy that the transportation provided by Optimal Aging is working out so well for you. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, there's much more here on Future of Health on Dash Radio. I'll never kiss you with indifference. I won't hurt you like the others did. I won't lie to save face, no, cause I won't have to, all I ask you is to put one foot in front of the other and your hand in my hand, keep the light on on the night, stand my plans, got big plans for your plans, Ooh, I had a fear of us, and now both my hands are up, I surrender, you got my love serious. Your hand in my hand You got my love serious 
You're listening to Future of Health with Providence St. Joseph Health here on Dash Radio. I'm Julie Alexandria, and joining us now is Marika Rausa. Thank you so much for taking the time. Good to have you here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Now, if you could just tell us, illustrate for us a little bit about your role and your background with PSJH. Absolutely. Um, I'm the Director of Community Strategy, and um, we are part of the Digital and Innovation Team uh, located here in Seattle, Washington. Uh, We've been, our role is primarily tasked with discovering new innovations and being able to demonstrate if they have an impact, and then if they do, then we bring it, um, we bring these innovations to the larger health system. And all of our efforts are really focused around um, patient improving patient experience and clinical outcomes. Can you give us a few examples of that? Like, what exactly are the services that are provided in optimal aging care? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I love most about our program is that it's, it's very flexible and it's very individualized and personalized based on what our patient's needs are and or what, um, what they're looking for. So um, we provide home care services, um, which is inclusive of activities of daily living, companionship, meal, meal preparation, uh, transportation. Um, and with transportation, what's very unique about our program is that you are able to use non-emergency transport and or you can um, use our transportation services offered by our caregivers. Um, I think most importantly, we also provide expert navigation and planning services. So the role of our optimal aging advisors, um, they take the time to listen and to get to know uh, what's going on in our patients' lives and are able to um, provide them some information and guidance as to what to expect, um, as well as a connection to community resources. And do you find that most aging parents or their adult caregiver caregiver kids, that they really just want the independence of staying at home a little bit longer, that that's kind of what it comes down to at the end of the day? You know, Julie, I think if when given the choice to stay within the home or to um, have to move to another facility, everyone's going to want to choose to stay home. Mm -hmm. And so if there are ways for us to be able to provide that support infrastructure for both our families and for our seniors, then we would, then it's a win-win for everybody. And, um, you know, that's a pretty dynamic change. I mean, every day um, it can change at a, a drop of a hat. Absolutely. And I know that you've worked with a few different influencers, um, social influencers on this topic. Um, and one that comes to mind here uh, is Connie Ott. She's a mom and a wife. Connie blogs about entertainment, going green, products, technology, DIY, home remodeling, decor, and plus size fashion. She's a blogger. She has a website. And her website is, I believe it's Baby boom, baby to boomer. That's what it is. It is baby to boomer.com. And I just want to read a quote that um, she had said because she does talk about it. She says, Optimal aging ensures your elderly loved one maintains his or her independence. 
just to echo your sentiment, and reaps the health benefits of remaining in their familiar surroundings. Why is this important to me? Because of my mother. She's 78 years old, and while her health is fair now, we both know that her ability to drive will be something she'll likely lose soon. And with the loss of her driving ability, will go much of her independence knowing that there are safe services she can purchase for herself to maintain her independence is important to me. Even better, the knowledge that my siblings and I can give her the gift of household cleaning or some home maintenance is priceless when we weren't able to help out because of our work schedules or our own health issues. What comes to mind when you hear that quote from Connie? Because uh, she basically just said and echoed your sentiment, which is that, you know, that healthy living really comes out of the independence and you gain so much for staying at home longer. Right. Um, well, there are so many things um, that, that the first thing is kind of gets to be a daughter. Um, you know, I, I can speak pretty candidly is that, you know, for my own mother, it's, we, I worry and I feel guilty and my mother lives out of town where, you know, and I always worry about, can I do more? Can I do more? And so one, one, um, if she wants to be able to stay in her home, being, knowing and being able to know that there is a service that's available that's um, been vetted and trustworthy um, to be able to gift that to her and to be able to work with her in unison so that she has a voice and can make choices um, to say, like, to help her remain in her home. Um, my mother is 83, and with a, just a little bit of help, she's able to maintain a healthy lifestyle and and feel empowered to make choices about her health care. Um, so, I mean, I echo what, what Connie's saying, because for, for me, my mother now has choices. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, it would have been like, you know, perhaps maybe now, because she doesn't, she medically is okay. It's just a very taxing on her. So being able to just get a little bit of help goes a long way. Oh, absolutely. And staying on the same plane of a personal experience, do you have any sort of stories or personal journeys that are close to your heart where you've really seen optimal aging come into play and sort of all of those goals play out? I do. Um, I think, um, really the best way to convey um, what we do is to tell a story. And with each call, we, we always, the advisors and I, we talk about being able to add value. But it's these stories that are so inspirational that just get us excited about what we do every day. Um, my favorite story was um, we recently started Optimal Aging and a gentleman had called us and he wanted to understand, well, what is it that you do? What can you do for me? And he's a little skeptical about having somebody come into his home. And I sat and I listened. I said, tell me, like, if you could have anything right now in this moment for somebody to help you, what would it be? And he said, well, you know, my wife passed away a few years ago. And if I could just have one of her pork chops just one more time, that would make me the happiest man ever. And he's like, but I just can't seem to cook, and it's just too hard on me, and going to the store and all of this other stuff. And he's like, but I just really miss her cooking. It just represents so much to me. And coming from a big family, um, that really spoke to my heart. And so we found a caregiver 
who goes into the home on Thursdays who cooks his wife's recipe for pork chops. And it seems so incredibly minor, but it represents so much more for this gentleman. And it brings him, like, it just brings him joy. And I love that in addition to being able to support individuals to and from medical appointments and procedures and you know, a lot of hand-on care, that it really just comes down to the heart of it. And just being able to provide him that comfort just, to me, is very inspiring. So um, I've told that story many times, but every time that I tell that story, you can't help but smile because we all understand what that feeling is in our heart when we hear it. Oh, absolutely. I want someone to come and cook me pork chops. Why not? <laughs> I know. <laughs> how, does, how would you say that someone knows or should know when they need your services? You know, that's a great question. Um, I do think it's an individual journey. Um, and what I would love, what I, what I would really hope and love for is that when tasks start become a little bit more challenging, when you start asking yourself or you start having those concerns about your about your loved one or your family member or friend about whether they should be driving, whether they can manage the weather um, of driving out there, or if cooking just becomes a chore or they're choosing not to. Like when things start to become difficult, I always think it's great. Just try us for a, a small amount of time, like one to two hours, and allow us to kind of help you through that. Because I think with a little bit of help, which is difficult for everybody to ask for help, but with a little bit of help, it just really, um, it just brings so much relief, um, both for both the family and for the older adults as well. And so when things get difficult, I say that's the great time um, to call. And then, of course, in those moments of crisis, you know, um, I always feel like calling and planning and and being able to say, hey, mom's going to have hip surgery. What should I expect? Um, What does her road to recovery look like? What are my options? Does she have to go to a nursing home? Could she perhaps come home with in-home support? Like being able to plan um, would be ideal. But then in those cases that it's just an emergency and and a crisis happens, you know, our advisors are also equipped to be able to handle, prioritize, able to get the support in as needed as well. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing those stories, sharing your personal stories as well. And thank you for joining us here on Dash Radio and explaining all of the goodness that comes along with optimal aging as it pertains to PSJH. We thank you, Marika. Well, that's going to be it for today's show. Thank you to all of our guests. Thank you, Marika, Hannah, Dr. Hodges, Rose, and of course, the quote from Connie. You can check out her website, babytoboomer.com. Thank you for joining us today, everyone. And thank you for everyone who is listening as well. We look forward to a future topic with more experts from Providence St. Joseph Health. You can also find us on social media at PSJH. And you can also find us again on social media on Facebook at Providence St. Joseph Health. If you missed any part of the show, don't worry. You can always replay it on Dash Radio and share it with your friends. I'm Julie Alexandria. Thanks so much for listening. 